ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, thanks for joining me again on this episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I'm really excited about this episode because it addresses something that I am just very, very passionate about, um, which is home birth and even more specifically, preparing your kids for home birth. So I'm not going to recap all of my birth stories and how um, I went from being a mom who was terrified of birth, who thought I could never handle the pain, who got the epidural, had a hospital birth, to a mom that embraced home birth, uh, surrounded by her kids and her husband. Um, You know, and not that one birth is better than another. You have to do what is best um, for you. But the more I walked that road, of birth experiences, and the more educated I became, um, the more I just realized that where we are now is the best choice um, for me, for baby, for our family. Um, But let me just give the parameter here. As long as everything is healthy and progressing as it should, um, I am thankful for modern medicine. And when it is necessary, um, I am so grateful that we have that option. Um, But I don't see birth as an illness or as something that needs intervened upon. Um, I see it as just something very natural um, that God created. And so it has been great to have the experience of having a midwifery team that really um, supports that method of birth. Um, So if you want to hear all of my birth stories and how I came to where I am now, uh, I'll post some different episode links down in the show notes. You can listen to all of my baby's birth stories uh, and hear how we became a home birth family. The story is actually really funny, Um, but here we are. We are about to have our fifth baby, Lord willing. Everything will continue to go smoothly, and we will get to experience our third home birth, but our first in Australia. Um, So that is going to be exciting. But in my last birth with Willow, my fourth baby, um, we decided to have Eden be there for the birth, to be present, to be involved, to be watching. And that was an amazing experience um, for me. And she says it was for her as well. It was so neat in such an intimate moment in our lives to have her there as a part of that. And again, you can hear a little more about that um, specifically in the episode where I speak to Willow's birth. Um, Eden was, I'm trying to think how old, I believe she was five at the time. Um, So we really prepared her ahead of time for what she would experience, what she would see, um, tried to answer any questions, tried to um, be proactive in our conversations, in our preparation, so that when things came up in the moment and mom was distracted and dad was distracted, um, that we uh, felt like she was fully equipped with what she needed to experience it. Um, And if it became too much that we had a plan for how she could just slip out um, and be comfortable. So I'm going to talk about all of that as we get more into the episode. 
But anyway, so that brings us to where we are now. Um, Eden is now almost seven. She'll be seven when the baby's born. Knox is five. Ivy is three. Um, and so we plan to have them be very involved with this birth again. It is just such an amazing experience seeing a new life enter the world. I mean, it's really cool for the siblings to, to be a part and to see that. And I really love it for my girls. Um, I love that they are getting to experience birth long before they will actually experience it as the birthing mother. I hope that um, that exposure will really alleviate some of the um, fears and concerns and uncertainty that comes with so many first-time moms who show up at the hospital to have a baby and you know you just see that like deer in the headlights look in their eyes of I don't know what's going on with my body. I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know how to process this. I don't know how to work through this. Um, so just trying to help them to understand that God made the female body in amazing, amazing ways. And the, the pain that you're experiencing, the things that you're feeling, the crazy things that are going on with your body are all a very natural part of a very natural thing, which is birth. Um, and so it's beautiful. So we want to jump into this topic a little bit um, because I do feel like if you're going to include your kids in birth, um, you shouldn't just bring them into it blindly. I do feel like personally you need to put in some prep work um, because it is quite an experience. I mean, you're not always guaranteed exactly what it's going to look like. So Putting in some forethought, laying some groundwork with them, setting the standard for what is normal, what is okay, what is safe, um, helps them to be more confident stepping into the scene. Now, before I dive in, I'm going to address one question um, that I get all the time when I talk about my kids being involved in my home birth. And people ask, do I let my son watch the baby be born? So we've only done one birth so far where my kids were actually there present. Um, that was Willow's. Eden was up on my bed watching and uh, I was kind of down on the floor beside the bed. Knox actually, it, hers, you have to listen to her birth story. She was from like the beginning of labor to the end. It was an hour, like one hour. I didn't even know that was possible. Um, so we were a little blindsided. We were not fully prepared. Uh, he was supposed to have somebody come and hang out with him at the house um, so that he was like there but not fully present. Um, but that did not happen because the baby came so fast. So we actually like ran out, threw on a movie for him. So he was not there for the actual Willow being born, but he was there just moments later. Um, which I'll, I'll talk about a little more in just a second. Um, and then Ivy, she was like one and a half and she was in bed because I had her in the evening and we had already put Ivy to bed. So she kind of stirred about midnight and we got her up and brought her in and was like, look what happened. You have a baby. Um, so this birth, I am definitely planning on Eden and Ivy being present and there. Knox, we're just going to feel it out and see how things are going. Um, so when I give birth, I usually just choose to have on a really light, cotton, flowy dress. Um, that's what I 
prefer to wear. I love to get photos of my births. Those are some of the most precious photos to me. And I like to be able to share them because birth is beautiful. And I love shouting that from the rooftops. And nothing says it quite like a photo of a mom on that oxytocin high when the first moments of holding their newborn baby. So I like to be presentable um, while being modest. So usually that is how I give birth. So I am clothed. Um, And just in case you have never experienced home birth and all you have in your mind is a hospital birth, um, the positions of home birth are very, very different than the scene that is set when you think of a hospital birth. So when I think of a hospital birth, I think of mom with her legs up in the stirrups, um, wide open for all of the world with a big spotlight um, on your private areas. (laughs) It is not quite like that in home birth. Now, if you want to give birth that way, you have the freedom to choose exactly what you want to do. Um, That is not comfortable for me. That is not uh, very promoting of gravity. (laughs) There are many reasons why that position is not a position that I would choose to labor in. So my home births, I've never delivered a baby that way. Um, My last two home births, I'm usually kind of like down on the floor, either on my hands and knees is what I believe I was with Ivy. Um, And then with Willow, I was leaning up against the bed. So I had my arms kind of up on the bed. Um, So like, for example, when we had Eden there to watch her sister be born, Eden is up on my bed, on the other side of my bed. I'm leaning up against my bed and I have a dress on. Now the midwives did kind of like tie it up and pull it out of the way um, when I'm actually like giving birth to baby. Um, But the angle, Eden did not get like an an in-your-face shot of all of that. (laughs) So um, it it was very, it was a very good exposure. She knew what was going on. She saw what was going on. Obviously she knows where baby's coming out from, Um, but it wasn't like it was an in-your-face quite like the hospital position would be. Um, That said, I would not want Knox to see that personally. Um, I just you know, every family does things differently. Um, but I would not want it to be an in your face kind of thing. Um, but if it goes the way my other births have went, he could easily be in a position where he could not see, um, my, my private areas. Um, so we're just going to feel that out. Simeon knows my comfort level. He knows his comfort level. Um, and there's so much that, you know, happens beforehand where I'm fully clothed, I'm moving, I'm swaying, we're working through contractions. Um, and then the moment baby's born, you know, I am, I am sitting there, I am holding my baby, my dress is down again, I'm surrounded in towels or whatever. I mean, that's what happened with Willow. By the time Knox stepped in, I mean, I had just given birth like one or two minutes prior, um, but I was covered enough and in a way that I was fully comfortable with him stepping in. Um, and even as a boy, I like the idea that he is exposed to birth. I would like to think uh, in many ways, but in this way in particular, because of this episode, I would like to think that I am prepping him to be a stellar husband. 
um, so that when it comes his wife's turn to have a baby, this isn't something that he is completely freaked out by and about to pass out in the corner. Um, know that he knows, hey, this is what you need. This is how I can help. Let me step in. This is amazing. Let's fully embrace this moment. Um, so all that to say, we will see just moment by moment how things are going, what position feels good for mama, um, what this stage is setting up to be like. Um, and it's as simple as if it just is getting too much or if I need to, you know, cool down and take off some clothing or something, he can just slip to his bedroom or around his, uh, you know, into a different room of the house and uh, be fine. So anyways, that's that to address that question. So let's just jump in. How do we prepare our kids for home birth? And I just have a list of several different things, no particular order, but these are just some things that came to mind. Um, One is just to have open discussions with them. So I did an episode way back, really, I guess at the beginning of the year, um, about talking to your kids about sex. And some of that came from the course, The Birds and the Bees. And which is a fabulous course, by the way, I'll link it in the show notes. If you are trepidatious about talking to your kids about that topic, this course will help you so much um, in just really laying a foundation and giving you confidence to address a very intimate topic. Um, But usually the conversation of sex ties into the conversation of babies. And so they address that a little bit in their course about how just be scientific, be factual, and be amazed, be in wonder. Like it is amazing that God created a daddy and a mommy to be able to make this baby. And you know, one thing that I've realized as my kids are getting a little bit older, um, especially as we have a midwifery care model, um, my midwife comes to our house to do my prenatal visits. Um, so the kids are around, they're watching, they're hearing. Um, so we use it, we're using this drip method. So that's how I got off on the birds and the bees. The drip method they talk about, which is you don't just sit down and have this one huge like bomb drop conversation. No, it's a little here, a little there, a little here, a little there. And it builds and builds and builds as their understanding comes together, as those wheels start turning, they start putting those pieces together. Um, and that's really how we have approached birth. You know, there are questions about how does baby come out of mommy um, doesn't just start uh, at the birth. No, this is like a whole nine month process of, well, how did baby get inside mommy? How does mommy know that there is a baby inside of her? Um, you know, what does the process look like? How is baby growing? What is baby looking like? All the way to the culmination of, oh, okay, well, we've been talking all these little drip conversations, all these little appropriate piece by piece by piece um, to where, okay, now baby needs to come out. So let's talk about this. What does this look like? Um, And I said before, um, just dazzle them. Let them experience the wonder and the miraculousness of something that God created, something so beautiful. Um, And you can do that in an appropriate way. Um, You know, in that course, it really encourages you to use anatomical words. So when we're talking to our kids, you know, maybe vagina is a bit, bit, a bit too much for you, um, but use birth canal. Um, you know, instead of the babies in mommy's tummy, they say talk about the baby being in mommy's uterus. Use these things. Talk through these things. So we've talked about these different organs and what their purpose is and what is a contraction? What is happening? Well, hey, you know that uterus that the baby has been growing in? Well, it's going to start to contract. Why does it contract? It's because it's squeezed 
squeezing baby through this birth canal. Baby is going to come out the birth canal. The opening is in between mommy's legs. That's how God made this amazing design for the baby to come out. Um, and so this is kind of our drip method. Another thing that's been really helpful for that is there are so many like pregnancy tracker apps. And I actually found one. Give me just a second. I'm pulling it up on my phone because I don't know what it's called. Pregnancy Plus from Philips. So this one, um, you know, goes beyond babies the size of a cantaloupe. Uh, this one actually shows you what baby looks like week by week through the pregnancy. Um, so that's been really neat for my kids. We've followed this journey uh, from when we first told them about the baby when baby looked like a little alien, as they called it, um, all the way up. Uh, so we've been talking about these um, these anatomical words. We've been talking about the process. We've been talking about the baby, and that has been just very helpful, always bringing in God's design, what God intended, and how amazing our creator is. Another thing that I will recommend, there is an Usborne book that is called Where Do Babies Come From? And it has been very, very helpful. And you know, sometimes it's nice to just have a book or something that is kind of like a third party when you're having these conversations. If you feel really awkward just being like a one-on-one -on -one looking in their eyes, answering their questions, which is something I've actually found with these conversations is because my kids are still so young, there is no awkwardness on their front. They are perfectly comfortable to ask me the most like bizarre, embarrassing questions. It's mama who all of a sudden blushes and was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to answer this? But they're just, I mean, they just want the facts. They just want to know these things. Um, but sometimes with little ones, it's hard to know like, well, how much is too much? How do I go about this? How do I bring this up? Um, and you know, obviously if you're preparing your kids for home birth, it might be something where you have to instigate some of these conversations. Um, you're not necessarily waiting on them to come to you. <laughs> Baby's on a time clock. It's coming. You need to have these conversations. Um, so I loved the book from Usborne, Where Do Babies Come From? Because, I mean, it used words. It used sperm. It used egg. Um, it used things like that, but it presented it in a very child-friendly way that I felt like gave them the information that they needed, but did not give them more than what I was comfortable with. And then it, as my older ones, you know, maybe springboarded from that and had a few more deeper questions and um, we could then launch into that um, but my three-year-old was perfectly content to know that oh a baby starts out as a sperm and an egg coming together she didn't need to know how she didn't need to know anything else you know she was just fine with that um, but again it laid that framework it it uh, added to that drip method of the conversation so just having the conversation be open little bits by little bits, building upon it as you feel like your child is is ready, as things are appropriate. That has been very helpful in our home, um, not just in birth, but in a lot of other conversations. I talked about this a little bit earlier, um, but include them in the prenatal care if you can. Um, I know when I had my OB births, that wasn't even an option. I couldn't take them to my appointments. Um, but having um, the midwife team, it's been different. When I was in the States, um, I actually went to the midwifery practice. So towards the end, especially with Eden, um, I started bringing her to my appointments. Um, the midwife had some models, you know, like a model of a pelvis and a baby, and she would show her how the baby comes out. 
um, you know, she would ask Eden, do you have any questions? Now that we're here in an Australia and the midwife comes to our house, it's a little more of uh, an easier environment to have some of these questions really throughout the whole pregnancy. Um, but especially as we get towards the end, I'll probably have her talk to them a little bit more and, um, you know, let them ask her any specific questions that they might have. Another thing that you can do is to share past birth stories with them. Um, prepare them for the sights and sounds of birth. So that's actually been something that we've been doing this time. Again, my older ones are a little bit older and more able to have these deeper conversations. So it's been fun to pull up pictures and videos from their births and to be able to talk about my experience. Eden's birth was, was just not a great experience. Um, and that was not her fault. Um, it was just other circumstances surrounding that. Again, you can listen to that episode, Um, but we've talked about some of that and, um, you know, how things went a little bit differently with Knox's and how things went even more differently with Ivy. Um, so we've talked about that as far as the sounds of birth. Um, we have talked about sounds that are normal. You know, I've told them mommy is going to make sounds when I'm having a baby that you're not used to hearing. I might sound like a cow mooing. Um, I might scream. It's not a scary scream. It's not a bad scream. Um, it's just an, I'm doing some intense work and it doesn't always feel great. And mommy just has to make sounds that to process through that, but that's normal. Setting themselves up setting them up for what the scene could possibly look like, especially now that I have four birth experiences. I can reflect on, okay, this is kind of how I tend to react. This is how my body reacts. This is what I somewhat expect. Not that every birth is the same and not that the expectations that you set up for your birth is going to be how it goes, um, but I can use some of that past experience to be like, okay, this these are some of the sounds that I make and this is normal. Another thing is the sights of birth. Um, you know, when Eden came out, when she was born, as we're looking back at pictures, they noticed that she was very purple and she was covered in blood. Um, but we talked about, okay, why is that? And it's okay. You know, you weren't, you weren't bleeding because you were hurt. It wasn't actually even your blood. Um, so, so we walked through that, explaining that to them so that now, oh, okay. If I see blood, someone's not, losing an arm, mommy's not dying, um, it's a part of it, this happens, um, the midwife knows what to do, she can get things under control, um, and you know, that's normal, blood is normal. Um, I did not prepare Knox for that when I had Willow, I just didn't think he would even be around. Um, we had really just planned on Eden for that one, so when he came back so quickly, and I was on this like, pad of blood. He was a little bit like, oh my word, what's going on here? Um, so this time I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what is normal things to see. You know, as we're looking back on pictures from Knox's birth, um, Knox was my cheesy baby, we call him. He was covered in vernix. Um, and so when he saw pictures of himself moments after being born, he was like, ew, what's that? What's wrong with me? And again, we were able to have the conversation. Nothing's wrong with you. It's perfectly normal. This is what it is. And this is why God made it. Isn't this amazing? Baby may come out looking like you did. Baby may come out looking like Eden. Baby may come out looking like Ivy or Willow, which was just perfectly clean and beautiful. Um, you know, I've had multiple babies come out and poop 
on me immediately. Uh, that's normal. <laughs> that's normal. Not always preferable, but it's normal. We've had those conversations um, so that they're aware of some of the different scenarios of what the sights and sounds of birth might be like. Another way to really help prepare for that is to watch birth videos. Now, I've been very careful um, what human birth videos that I show them, just be, especially with my son. Um, you know, I I very much uh, pre-screen anything that I would show them. I don't want to expose them to a lot of nudity. Um, you know, Eden's a little bit older. She knows what a woman's body looks like. So some of that is... I feel a little more comfortable with her, but I still try to be so, so careful. They're just so young. Um, but if I find a birth video or even like a, a little shot, I follow several birth accounts on Instagram and sometimes um, they're in a position or, you know, they're in the 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 pool and their clothes, they have a shirt on or something. And the way the pool angle is, you can't really see anything down under the water. Uh, you just see baby come up. Um, so if I find things or run across things like that, I try to show that to them just to give them a little more of a broader picture of what birth could look like while still being very careful of their innocence and of modesty and of trying to just be careful, um, with that. Now, obviously, as they would get older, especially my girls, um, you know, that some of that level of what I would show them might change. Um, but just trying to clarify here at the beginning, because I, let me just say too here, I meant to say this at the beginning. I know that this is a topic that people come to and they're a little bit like, this is not normal. Uh, normal births don't include my other kids, don't include little siblings. I mean, I do think as home birth is becoming more of a thing, I don't know if that is kind of the reaction to COVID. I mean, that's kind of where we got on the home birth track. Uh, we didn't, we weren't comfortable with all the hospital regulations. So we found a different option. Um, which set us on a totally different journey. Uh, but I do feel like I'm seeing more people choosing a home birth route. Um, and I'm seeing more people involve the siblings in that. Um, and I, I enjoy seeing that. But I do get that it's not normal. So people often have a lot of very squeamish questions about what exactly this looks like. How far do you go? And um, this is just what we're doing right now in our season. You may be like, that is way too much or that's not enough for me. I've, I prefer more. Um, you know, if God gives us more children in the future, we reassess at every baby. Obviously, our kids grow a little more each time. But this is where we're at right now. Um, anyways, okay, so watching birth videos. Something that has been very helpful is we've been watching some animal birth videos. Um, that has been a really great way to show my kids birth, to let them watch a baby come out without seeing human body parts. Um, so we've watched gorillas, we've watched tigers. Um, that led Eden to wanting to know how a jellyfish was born, which is a totally different thing. So we've been like, okay, well, for right now, let's just stick to mammals because uh, that's, you know, we're not mammals. I don't believe that. We were created by the Lord. Um, but mammals do give birth to live young. So that's mo the most like us. You know, I don't have eggs. I don't release my polyp thing like the jellyfish did. So that was different. Um, but anyways, watching those animal birth videos has been helpful, especially for my little ones um, because they're very enamored. It's a good birth experience, but yet I feel like it's much more censored 
being an animal. Um, but just again, exposing, this is normal. This is natural. This happens. Um, look, hey, baby tiger came out and that liquidy stuff went everywhere. Where? What is that? Okay, let's talk about that. That's the amniotic fluid. That's what baby's in. Um, you know, it led to some conversations that, okay, after baby is born, mama's not done. You have a placenta to deliver. What is the placenta? Um, okay, what is the process of delivering that look like? So, um, the in-between. When you've delivered baby, but you haven't delivered the placenta yet, uh, baby's cord is still attached to baby, but inside mommy. So some of these conversations um, were really good to have as we are going through these birth videos and as we are watching these animals give birth. Um, One thing I will say about watching animal birth videos, most animals, from what I have seen, tend to lick their young after birth, which just about makes me pass out. Um, But we push through and I try not to be grossed out because birth is amazing and that's what I want to express to my children. So I just try to uh, glance away and not think about it too hard. But if you're a little queasy, uh, just to prepare you, most animals lick their babies. Um, Okay, another thing that's really, really good to do is to have a designated person available if the moment becomes too much or if they become tired, you know, I tend, I, I don't want to like say this definitively because I'm not always guaranteed and I don't want to set myself up for extreme disappointment, but I tend to have very, very fast labors, especially when they are at home and they are not intervened upon. Ivy was born in three hours. Willow was born in one. Um, so that helps. It's not like I need a designated person to be with my kids because I'm going to be in labor for 24 hours or something like that. Um, But when we had Willow and Eden was there, my mother-in-law was kind of like Eden's go-to person. I told her, I told Eden, I told my mother-in-law, I told them together, like, look, if if Eden's a little overwhelmed, if it's too much, if she's feeling kind of queasy, like, woo, I'm seeing too much, um, if she has any questions... You know, like probably when I'm pushing, when I'm working through a contraction, that's not the time to come over and ask mommy, you know, like, what's this fluid coming out of you? Um, That's not the time. But I want your question to be answered. So if you have any questions through the process, mammal is your person. Go to mammal. Um, Now, Eden, I don't think wound up really utilizing my mother-in-law in in that way. I had prepared. I had printed off some coloring sheets. I had her little crayon bucket. Um, So, you know, in the in-betweens, when she was just waiting, she didn't wait very long, but she was just coloring. Um, But I had that set up, which gave me comfort that I knew Eden was being looked after and taken care of. This baby... I'm not exactly sure how all that's going to play out. We are in Australia now. We do not have family. Um, Because my births are so quick, I don't know that someone could get here in time anyway. Sydney traffic is a nightmare. So we're still trying to figure all that out and think through that. Um, But even if I don't plan to have someone here, we're not even sure my midwife's going to get here in time. Oh, just because the time of the year that we're having this baby in traffic and where she lives. Um... But anyway, Simeon's prepared. He's amazing. He knows what he's doing. He's good to go if we have to deliver this baby uh, via video call with the midwife. Um, But I am mentally preparing some things like, okay, if it's too much for the kids, if they need something and it's just me and Sim, or if it's even me, Sim, and the midwife and her helper, like their job is not to babysit my kids. So what do we need to do 
What are some scenarios? And, you know, it varies. Okay, if do we have this baby in the night? I, I can't guarantee that. But if we do, this is kind of protocol to follow. Um, if we have it during the daytime, these are some things where we can quickly transition the kids. Here's an activity. Maybe here's a new Lego set that we've been saving just for this. If you need to step out and have a minute or if mom needs a minute or if it's getting too much or if I'm inappropriate, hey, here, go to your room, do this, work on that, whatever. So we're kind of working through that. Again, it's a little different this time. Um, But I do recommend if you have the ability, whether it's your mom, your mother-in-law, a friend, somebody like that, it is nice if your children are little to have a designated person. Um, Another thing to think through, it's kind of along with that, is just prepare for the unexpected. You know, if you have other kids involved, um, what if you're in labor for a long time? Well, they're going to get hungry. So maybe you need to have some food prepped ahead in the fridge, have some snacks on hand. Um, let if you have a designated person, bring them over early, you know, have them over before you're in labor. These are where everybody's cups are. These are where diapers are. These are where clothes are. These are where their favorite toys are. Um, if you come in the evening and you wind up having to put them to bed, this is kind of what we do. Um, just kind of prepare that trying to go before because birth can just be so unexpected preparing for the unexpected to make it smooth so that when you are in labor you don't have to deal with all of this people aren't asking you hey where's so-and-so's sippy cup they've been crying that they're thirsty you know you don't want to have to deal with that when you're pushing out a baby so trying to think that through, prepare that through, um, let everybody know what to do. Uh, another thing you can do is give them a job. You know, if your kids are a little bit older, um, give them an assignment. Hey, your job, like for example, I think with this birth, usually my mother-in-law takes photos. Last birth, Willow, um, God just miraculously worked it out that a sweet friend of mine could do, a photographer friend could take photos for me. I don't have that this time. And those photos are so important to me. So Eden's job is going to be my photographer. Photographer. She is going to take photos. So that's her little assignment. Um, she's also going to be Ivy's buddy. So, you know, if Ivy needs something, Eden knows, Eden's my go to. Eden knows where the sippy cup is. Eden knows where her favorite toy is. Um, so she can really help. And I'm thankful that I can kind of lean on her in that way some. Um, but, you know, maybe it's something like, hey, bring, bring the midwife a towel or anything like that, just to give them a part, give them a role something to do so that they uh, are staying busy, but also enjoying the moment too. And uh, with older children, you might want to consider talking through with them the possibility of emergency. Um, now, thankfully, that has never ha- never happened to me. I've never had to do a hospital transfer. Um, but I did just have a little brief conversation with Eden um, this birth that, Hey, like if if something, if something went wrong, you know, I don't know, say I'm hemorrhaging, say baby's not breathing, right. Say something unforeseen that the midwives, it's beyond something that they could help me with at home. And I needed medical intervention. And I didn't go through all the scenarios with her. I didn't scare her, but I just said, there are some times where in birth things arise and either mommy or baby needs a hospital needs the facilities, needs the equipment, needs the skills of, of a, a doctor um, in certain things. And the protocol for that is X, Y, Z. Um, you know, so you don't have to be scared or anything like that. So we did have a little bit of that. And I probably won't talk to that with my younger children. Um, just because as far as we know, you know, I, I can't 
predict the future, but the pregnancy has been smooth. I have nothing that would lend itself to complications, um, so I don't want to scare them. But because Eden's a little bit older, I did just want to tell her, you know, this these are some things that sometimes do happen, um, and just prepare her for that a little bit. Um, just another thing that you can do is to prepare your birth space. So this kind of for me, comes all the way back to the just what position am I going to give birth in? Where am I going to give birth? How am I going to give birth? Um, just maybe think that through for many reasons, for yourself, for your comfort level. Um, you know, one of my first home birth, I thought I wanted to give birth in our really big living room, but the midwife made me think through, okay, it's a, it was a really long walk from our living room to our bedroom. So she's like, you might not want that long of a walk between where you actually give birth and getting to your bed and your bathroom, um, which was wise wise to think about. Um, but as I'm also preparing to have my kids involved, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what room might I give birth in? Where might we set up our space? Um, and then what areas of the house does that leave them to escape to should they so desire? Um, so I've been kind of thinking that through. And another thing, just here as we wrap up, is to talk them through the events following the birth. So I think sometimes we prep so much for like the moment of, and then we forget that there's some pretty important stuff that follows after birth um, that we might want to kind of talk them through and coach them through and tell them what um, you know our expectations are. We talked a little bit already about delivering the placenta. Um, you could talk to them about cutting the umbilical cord, what that's like, um, what that experience will be like. You know, it, I think it's really good, especially for your little kids who kind of are understanding that it's baby, it does not hurt baby at all. It's like clipping a fingernail. They can't feel anything. Don't be worried. Um, it's totally fine. And then even talking through things like usually for us with our home births, how we've done it, um, is I give birth to baby. We all have our moment. Uh, the, this, this baby and the last one, we waited to find out the gender. So we're going to have the big reveal. Um, and we all just kind of have these few moments of like basking in the miracle of we've got this baby. And that's beautiful. We do that together. Um, Simeon and I, you know, Eden was there last time. Knox came in shortly after. Hopefully, you know, everybody will just run in this time and uh, uh, we'll find out what our little baby is and enjoy that moment. But usually right after that, um, the midwives transition me into the bed. So I am, you know, just holding my baby, cuddling my baby um, while we're working through that process of uh, delivering the placenta. And usually how it's worked, I, I will see how it varies um, with my midwife here in Australia, but with my midwife in the States, um, we kind of had this golden hour. So once we all like saw baby, nobody else held baby. That was something else that we had to talk through is like, look, mommy holds baby first. Uh, you don't need to be asking. You don't need to be whining. You don't have to fight with your siblings. Well, I want to be for, nope. It like, there's no question. Mama gets baby. When baby's born, then mommy transfers to the bed. And for that golden hour, it's mommy. It's just mommy. Mommy gets to enjoy the fruit of her labors, uh, literally. So, but during this golden hour, usually the way we've always done it before is Simeon climbs in the bed with me and for like an hour, we just bask in our newborn. Um, and usually grandma's there to take the other kids that, again, is going to be different this time, so we'll see how all of that plays out. 
Um, if it's in the night, that's easy. They're, we'll put them to bed and they're good to go. Sim can slip right back in with me. If it's during the day, we do not utilize movies much in our house, but that would be a good time where we will probably say, hey, we're going to go put on a movie for you guys and uh, mommy and daddy will, or dad, daddy will be back in an hour or so. But that golden hour is so special to me. Um, usually I have not, I, I usually deliver my placenta kind of after that. Um, and the midwives have always just been very hands-off. Like they make sure I'm fine. They make sure baby's fine. And then they shut the door. And unless we call for them, it's just me, Simeon and baby. And that is some of the most precious moments that I have ever lived. So talking our kids through our expectation of that, like if unless it's an emergency, you guys are just going to do your thing and mom and dad are going to have that moment. Again, we'll see how all that winds up actually playing out this time. But that is the expectation and that's the conversation that we've had. Um, usually after that, like I said, the miffed wife comes in, deliver the placenta, they do their checks, make sure everything's good. They transition me into the bathtub. So it's usually a nice herb bath. Baby and I get in together. Um, but I've talked talked my kids kind of through the different steps of, okay, this is what after birth looks like. So they are aware of what's going on, but they also know, hey, this is the time frame where I have been instructed not to bother mommy. Um, and, and this might even be the time period where mommy and daddy. So like I said, that initial hour, mommy and daddy are are busy. <laughs> you know, then after that, while I'm in the tub, you know, Simeon's probably a little more free to go out, help the kids as needed. Um, and then once I'm washed up, once we've got baby all nuzzled in and hopefully we've established some nursing and all of that, then the kiddos can come in and they can meet their little sibling. Um, but I think like laying that expectation, letting them know, okay, you're going to be by yourself for a little bit. It's not forever. We haven't forgotten about you. We are going to let you hold this baby that you're dying to hold, um, but this is when. I think setting those expectations, letting them know what it's going to look like um, will hopefully help them to, hey, this is normal. This is the time where I'm going to go do my thing and mom and dad are going to come and get me in a little bit and bring me back. So that is, I think, very important. And then the last thing is just pray together. Um, spend time just asking the Lord to be in all the details of everything. You know, you do that individually as the mother. Um, you know, I hope you do that as a couple. Um, but include the whole family. If you're going to include them in birth, include them in the prayers for birth. You know, bring that in. Tie that all together. Um, and just have expectant hearts as you watch God grow your family uh, together. It is such a beautiful thing. And um, I am just excited to get to do it all over again. We're getting very close now, not too much longer. Um, anticipation is building, excitement is building as we prepare for these uh, last few weeks waiting for baby and then for baby's arrival. Um, but I'm so excited that it is a family affair. It is just such a special and unique opportunity to bring my kids into all of that and um, just to welcome a new life to a home where they are from the moment of birth surrounded with love and affection and uh, little people who are just so ready to meet their sibling. So I hope that this was helpful. If you have any other tips for preparing kids for home birth, I'd love to hear them. I will post down in the show notes too 
A friend sent me several books um, from Amazon that she has used to uh, help prepare her kids for home birth, some like little picture books. I have not personally had a chance to buy them or read them, so I cannot vouch for them, um, but these were some different ones that she recommended that I will post down in the comments in case you want to check it out and see if that would be something helpful for your family. But thanks so much for joining me for this episode. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.